Well, morning church, my name is Pastor Sam, and the title of my message this morning is Finding Jesus in the Awkward. Yeah. Now, I mean, initially, when you think of awkward, I mean, you know, you, you know that feeling of embarrassment or just uh, inconvenience, the thing that sits in your gut. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you have these moments in your life. Uh, a couple years ago when I was working on a job site and nature called, and so I go into a porta john, start doing my business, uh, and lo, you know, uh, and behold, I somehow managed to forget to hit the close uh, slide, and so two men locked eyes while one was doing business, and it was not a pretty sight, uh, and I felt pretty dang embarrassed uh, for a moment there in life. You know, that's, that's pretty awkward. I'm not talking about finding Jesus in that, though. So thank goodness. All right. We have some, uh, but I mean, there's other, other things that are kind of awkward that uh, I'm talking about, uh, especially when it comes to like awkwardness with like other people's situations. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, maybe when you were a kid or maybe this is just last week for you, you're at like a friend's house uh, and you're, I don't know, playing in the room or something like that and their parent comes in and starts yelling at them, and you just kind of sit in the corner as they have a, like an awkward, heated exchange back and forth with each other, and you're like, ah, oh, this is super awkward. Uh, I'm not talking about that either. There's a, a lot of clips you can find on social media, TikTok, YouTube, all this kind of stuff, where they interview people on the streets, and they'll be standing there and put a mic in their face, and they'll be like, why'd you break up with your ex? And they always say something super embarrassing. Uh, he had bad breath, you know, any, anything you can think of, they'll name, or what's something you've never told your parents? And it's always like, oh, I have a tattoo. Or, you know, they always try and get these like awkward things for them to talk about. And, it, and it's a pretty easy way to get likes and attention and comments on the internet because, man, we're just drawn to that. We're just like, what is happening? It holds our attention. I'm not talking about that awkward either. I'm talking about awkward is in uh, the definition of not easy to handle or deal with, requiring great skill, ingenuity, or care. We all deal with human beings because we are all human beings. And I have found that every human being deals with awkward, like in this definition. And I know for a fact you've had situations in your life that you would say, yeah, that's, that was not easy to deal with. That required some deep navigation you know, I remember one of the first ones as a kid that I felt like I was in a situation like this was when I was playing football in the eighth grade. And the game, you know, we're getting ready to start doing warm-ups. And my buddy James comes out, of, you know, gets out of his parents' car and comes to the field. And this dude is just 
bloodshot eyes. You can tell he was choked up. He's not doing well. James, what's up? What's going on? Uh, his dog, since he had from childhood, died that afternoon. And here we are about to go play football. Like, get psyched. Let's go. We got people counting on us. We got to rise up to the occasion. Right? Or, or not. It's, it's awkward. What do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you, especially when you're in eighth grade, what do you tell your buddy who's sitting there breaking down in tears as you're like, we got to go take the field and like win this game. Like, I'm like, you know, I don't know. That's just awkward. How do you, you got to balance some care yet. We got to give some direction yet. I don't know how to do this. You know, they don't, they don't, there's not like a class that they can just teach you on how to navigate some of those things. So what do you do though? What do you, what do you do when you find yourself in this situation? Are you, are you, one of those who just deflect with a whole lot of sarcasm? Or are you the type of person who just goes, oh, I don't want to know if I can carry this. Another thing for me to roll with. I don't know if the emotional capacity to deal with this. Right? It creates kind of a tension inside of us. We all, we all often feel this thing kind of straighten up in us. And I heard a, a good quote this week about tensions that, Problems are meant to be solved, but tensions are meant to be managed. You can't just solve a tension. Just troubleshoot it, work the right angle, boom, it just disappears, gone. Now it's still there. Even after you work on it, that tension is still there. Because tensions are something we're supposed to sit in, carry with, you know, walk in, navigate carefully. They're not something we're supposed to wave our hand and disappear. It's awkward. And awkward situation that kind of requires a little bit of skill and ingenuity and a whole lot of care is where I find myself this morning. Where I found myself a lot recently. A couple of years ago, God put a very clear call on my life Uh, And the word he used was a bridge. To bridge where the church was in its current situation to where it is going. And we did a lot of crazy stuff so far. And changing names, buildings, you name it. We're just like, woohoo, let's go for it. And it's been incredible. And God has led us every step of the way. There's been story after story after story, person after person after person. And it's been a really amazing ride so far doing what God's called me to do. But now has been the most awkward part. Why? Well, it's because it's the people part now. Transitioning from one pastor to the next. As one leader transitions out, one transitions in. As Pastor John begins to put things down, Pastor Joel will begin to pick things up. And I'm there for both of it. And it's awkward. It's where I'm at this morning. It's going to be honest. But in that, in that really awkward, there's something special. Especially when paying attention 
to these two different leaders now in my life. The author of Hebrews tells his listeners at the end of his letter about leaders. Here's what he writes in Hebrews 13, uh, chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. When was the last time we intentionally paused to remember those who taught us about God? Man, when do we make space to think about the men and women who showed us who God was? And we have a great opportunity here, especially in this season, to exercise a discipline of gratitude. Are we able to hold to a posture of gratitude, right? Because we are all standing, all of us are standing on the shoulders of those who have gone ahead of us. It would be foolish to sniff at the idea that we've arrived to where we're at all on our own. It's not how that works. We are able to only go as far as the people who've gone ahead of us. So the discipline of gratitude, though, I mean, it does a lot of things for us. It restores so many things in our souls. It brings humility, kindness, gentleness into our lives. And I have found that a posture of gratitude is vital for the health of my soul, especially in managing the awkward tension I'm experiencing. C.S. Lewis said this about gratitude. Gratitude exclaims very properly how good of God to give me this. We begin to see a bigger picture perspective when we have a posture of gratitude. We become more aligned with God. We see things from an eternal perspective. And as we see a key leader in our lives transition out, let us pause together to remember him and also all the other leaders in our lives that have gone before us and taught us about God. So before anything starts, it starts with what is our posture? Are we in a posture of gratitude? Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Paul writes in Philippians 4.17, join with others in the following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Again, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow Christ. So this is not a brand new idea to follow a more mature believer's faith, actions. The Apostle Paul was constantly reminding uh, the people in his letters in the New Testament of follow me as I'm following Christ. When we see a biblical model for discipleship, and one that requires you to get close to the person going, you know, leading you, the person discipling you, and not something that can happen 
uh, through a screen or once a month at a coffee, uh, you know, shop, chit-chat, how are things going, but something that requires you to see their faith in action. And we have to see their life, their way of life, how they approach things from finances, relationships, their career, how they approach church, how they deal with conflict, how they express their emotions, or for me, how I, you know, lack of express my emotions, the, the different ways of gaining wisdom, how they look at knowledge, all those kind of things, you, you need to be close to see and uh, learning how they walk with Jesus, how they listen to the voice of their shepherd. You got to do all those things when someone's discipling you. And so you can see them set an example and how they conduct themselves in awkward. You ever watch someone have huge faith through awkward? into the uncomfortable, into, the, into failure, into the brokenness, into the storms of life. See, that's where I think faith that amazes us shines the brightest, and we go, oh man, I wish I had some of that kind of faith. And you see this all over the Bible. I mean, this, from the very beginning, you know, you got Noah building an ark. It's not going to rain. What are you doing? Super awkward. Like, I've been, you know, jokingly made fun of while working on projects before. You know, you missed a spot. I can't imagine, like, my entire community ripping on me as I'm building a boat. It's awkward. Hero of the faith. What about a guy like Moses? Here, he finally gets the people out of Egypt, and now, you know, Pharaoh's army's chasing them down from behind, and they're all freaking out. Man, we should have never left. We should go back. Super awkward as a leader when your entire people are like, yeah, we should not have followed you. Awkward. Hero of the faith. I mean, and then you get all kind of stories. Even look at the minor, you get, look at the prophets, you get Gideon, right? Here Gideon is watching people like drink water and then sending people away because he's got too many people. That's so awkward. Why are you looking at me drinking water, bro? Sorry, you got to leave. It's really awkward. Yet, hero of the faith. How about the example that Jesus set for us? I think Jesus experienced some awkward. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2, uh, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who... And being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus leaves heaven. He leaves glory behind to be born as a little itty-bitty baby whose parents are some nobodies. And he lives 
like 30 years in total obscurity. No one seems to even really notice. And finally, maybe some guys notice and they follow him around for three years and they go through some crazy things together. You don't just see demons cast out and the lame walking and the blind seeing and 5,000 people fed and not have a strong bond together. Yet, when things get dicey, where did they go? They leave him. Awkward. Jesus is falsely accused, stripped naked, beaten, nailed to a cross, and he is left alone. And ultimately, he dies alone. It says, even the father turned his face away. Jesus can relate to you, your situation of awkward. He's been there. He knows what that feels like. And what if we look at the leaders in our own life whose faith amazes us as we got to watch them lean into their faith, lean into Jesus, lean into who they trust God to be when things are awkward. I've watched... I've had the honor of watching different godly men and women display their faith as they walked through divorces. As they watched their kids make terrible life choices. As they struggle mightily with their own physical health. As they have dear, close friends betray them. As they carry the burdens of others. Yeah, I've seen people fight addictions, mourn the loss of loved ones, and give. And they just give when it looks like they have nothing left to give. And it blows my mind when I watch people do that. When I watch leaders when I watch people whose faith I want to imitate go through those things, it just makes me go, wow. What gives them such drive, such confidence, such boldness? That is because ultimately of what verse 8 says, Christ Jesus is the same when? And today, and, oh, so you, you can have confidence in that. Jesus, who's been faithful, faithful from all those heroes in the Old Testament, those heroes uh, like the disciples, uh, to the Apostle Paul, the guy who's been faithful to them, hasn't changed. He was with them. 
back then. He's with us now, and he'll be with us forever. Jesus carried them through awkward, and he is with you in your awkward. Jesus is with you right now, and he'll be with you in your future awkward, because he cannot change. Cannot change. The theological word for this is immutable. That means Jesus is unchanging forever. Doesn't that matter how much time passes. Jesus cannot become someone different tomorrow than he is today in our present. And that is some really, really good news. So yeah, I found myself in the awkward a lot lately, just going to be honest. But I've also found myself finding Jesus in that. That's where he's at. And every time I sense the Holy Spirit nudge on my life, Sam, yeah, you should lean into that. You should sit in that. You should wait for me in that. I say, okay. And every time I find Jesus waiting there for me. Where is the Holy Spirit inviting you? Where is he inviting you to lean into? Does it look real awkward? Does it look extremely uncomfortable? Is it going to require a whole lot of skill, a whole lot of ingenuity, a whole lot of care to just walk through it without it blowing up in your face? Because Jesus will invite you into things that you cannot handle. No, I've heard this saying, Jesus can't give me anything I can't handle because I can do all things. And it's like, no. That's baloney. Jesus will invite you into things you cannot handle because then you are completely dependent on him because you were not meant to go through that thing alone. You were meant to do it with Jesus. And if he invited you and he's drawing you into that awkward, you better listen. Because otherwise it's just going to crush you because you're like, you're doing it alone. You don't have, well, he's there with you, but you're not mindful where Jesus is at. And if it comes overwhelming and it comes something that just consumes your life and not something where you find the good shepherd, where you find Jesus sitting there waiting for you with open arms. And that's where I'm at with this transition uh, with Pastor John and Pastor Joel. I'm going to confess, I could not do this without Jesus. It's too weird for me. It's too awkward. There's too many things that I don't really understand how to do or how to navigate. So I find myself a lot of times in prayer, Jesus, I don't know what to do in this situation. What do you have for me? Because I got nothing. And it's a beautiful place to be. Part of it is saying goodbye. And as he says goodbye, is, is, is the end. Like, that's how you say goodbye. 
It's not a, well, I'll see you later in like a week. No, it's, it's goodbye. Now, yes, Pastor John is here till November, but in the different things that he phases himself out, it's goodbye. That's awkward. And then the same thing as I get to meet a new leader in my life whose authority I'm going to submit to, who, honestly, I don't really know as well as I know Pastor John. He, Pastor John and I have been working together really tight, really close. We love and we care about each other deeply. We know how each other operate. We know how each other, we think, what are our weaknesses, our strengths. And I have to learn that all over again with somebody else? Are you kidding me? That's awkward. I just want to go back to what I had, what I know. But that's not where Jesus is calling me. It's not where he's inviting me. He said, no, Sam, I'm inviting you into this. I'm orchestrating this. I'm doing this. I'm calling you here. You be obedient to me. So again, what awkward is the Spirit inviting you into? And I don't know. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you what you're in your life he's drawing you into. Because it can be so many things. It might be a, you need to have a conversation with a family member, a coworker, that classmate. As there's some awkward in your relationship, that the Holy Spirit is saying, lean into that. I'm calling you there. Again, I don't know what that is for you. Only you do. And where he's leading you He is working, and he will catch you, and he will hold you. And so in the next couple of months, just like kind of this moment, the air's kind of dead. And we're like, this isn't that fun, Sam. It's not that great encouraging message, Sam. That's okay. It's going to be a lot of awkward over the next couple of months. Super awkward. On one hand, we get to celebrate a pastor. (coughs) Excuse me. <clears throat> who has been a pastor for 38 years and who has pastored all around the world and has poured his life out and built up so many people. And we get to ask the question, what does it look like to celebrate that man and that family that gave so much? And that is something I'm really excited to do that holds to that posture of gratitude. And on the other hand, we got to get pumped up. We got to get excited. We got to get energized because a new leader is coming. And that means new passion and new vision and just a new sense of life in this church. And it's like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that because I know God is in this and I want to be a part of what God's doing. And so I'm going to be amped up. I'm going to be super excited. And it's just bittersweet. You have sad on one hand and joy on the other. And then you're just doing back and forth. And it's just this bittersweet, this awkward tension. So my invitation to you is lean into it. And just maybe need to say out loud, this is awkward, Lord. Maybe tell somebody, don't, don't go at it alone. Invite people into it. Don't let it take you down. Don't be afraid of it. Don't give it power that it doesn't have. But if there's other areas in your life outside of church, 
and like this thing has been awkward for a long, long time. It's okay to say I need help. It's okay to go get help in this. Whether it be uh, through a counselor, through working with uh, a pastor, there's so many ways to get help in those different things. Jesus is inviting you into it. My challenge to you is to be obedient in that. Because in that, we're going to find God's grace in our life. And it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful story. Before we, uh, I'm going to invite our head elder, Derek, up in a moment. But before we do that, you guys have any questions on leaning into the awkward? I know, awkward tension, but (laughs) I think because it's a lot of times uncomfortable, we don't want to talk about these things. But this is the exact place where we should talk about things that we don't like handling. Because we're a a family, and we get to work with each other. Yeah, Nate. Um, so you kind of want to share uh, someone's, how do you share a story wh- whose story is not, does not necessarily is all your story to share? Is that kind of what you're saying? Like There's Jesus. other characters in the story that are heavily involved? Yeah, that's going to take uh, some help. Right, I know, but it's, it's going to take... Uh, taking someone in your life, uh, someone who's, elite, uh, who's discipling you, who's, who's walking through that process, and having them help you build those, uh, what would I would call like guardrails, you know, on the side of a highway that is there in case you, you know, don't go off a cliff, you smash into that instead, and you don't go plummeting to your death. Well, it's kind of like that. It's, you need some people to help you build guardrails as you tell stories sometimes, especially when it deals with sensitive, awkward situations, extreme hurt and stuff like that. Uh, That's the best way I have found to do some of that kind of stuff. Good question, though. But any other questions in terms of just processing through awkward? Are you guys good at it? What? (laughs) Are you you guys good at processing awkward? You're professional? You're paid to process? That's what professional means. Wow. So, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Mm. So, I have found trust to be something that is not necessarily earned but it's something that only I control, and I control it by giving it away. So, Chris, no matter how many days you and I hang out, we could eat lunch together every day for the next three months, and I could still choose to give you no trust. I don't care. You could be the most stand-up guy and treat, respect, and handle the small things each and every single day, but I could still choose to say, nah, I don't trust Chris. Even though you're like, man, I did everything, you know, we're... I'm showing you I'm capable of handling it. It's still trust is only something 
I give. And that's kind of our relationship to God, that if you want to see, man, processing the awkward with God is trusting him with it. And it is to say, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you are God and I am not. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to give this to you and make that a daily posture to say, I don't know what today brings. I don't know what the circumstance is, but I'm going to pick this up, Lord, and trust you because you are God, you are holy, you are righteous, you are all-powerful, and thank goodness I am not. So here you are, Lord. This is for you. That's a good way. So, all right. Yeah, go, Barry. Yeah, amen. There's not specific situations where it will give you exact step-by-step, and so that's where following Jesus is messy and complicated, and uh, there's a lot of grace, thankfully, from God on how we handle stuff. Good. So, all right, well, before I invite our head elder up uh, to give us an update on the pastor transition, would you guys just pray with me, Um, and let's just sit in some awkward. Uh, Lord, you are good. You are our creator. You are the giver of life. And you hold us in your hand, Lord, and, and we get to trust you. We get to give you our trust, Lord. And I ask that you would be calling us and drawing us, Lord, to you, Lord. I pray that you would bring that thing, that tension, that conversation that needs to be had, the situation that needs to be addressed, that whether that be in our relationship, Lord, in our marriages, uh, whether that be a coworker, Lord, I pray that uh, you would draw us into that, Lord, and I ask, Lord, that you would carry us through it. Would you give us words to say and how to say it? And may we trust you to get us through to the other side, Lord. And may we find healing. May we find power. May we find your grace for us when we do, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would have just a spirit of gentleness for each other, Lord, as a church, as we go through this season of awkward things, as a transition of leaders, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would submit to you daily the things that are going on here, Lord, and that you would prepare our hearts and our minds uh, together. May we have unity as we walk through this, Lord. Keep us surrounded in your love, Lord. We love you and we praise you, and we ask all these things in the name above all names. In the name of Jesus, amen.